Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of Movement Radio. I am your host, Chip Hazard. Good evening, and welcome to another edition of The Hauntings Of. And today, we will talk about Alaska. My name is Talon Williams. Was that pretty good? Yeah, I like that Awesome. One. All right, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. We're going to keep it. All right, so this is our second installment of The Hauntings Of. We're going to be talking about the very next state, alphabetically, and that's going to be our American neighbors to the north, which is, you know, Alaska. And uh, Alaska is, you know, well known as being one of the most sparingly populated country or country states <laughs> in our uh dude it's big enough it could be its own country to be honest well with yeah yeah um, it's, um, it's known as america's last frontier it, well it's it's the the largest state of the 50 right um, uh, if you look at it on google maps you can literally tell that the entire state of alaska is bigger than the whole western united states it's pretty freaking big um and you know it is it's much more than just like an icy wasteland it's it's got some paranormal activity to it as well. Yep. And uh, we're going to be going over a couple of haunted places that you guys will want to know about if, for whatever reason, you decide to take a trip up there to Alaska. Or you already live in Alaska and want to see some of these haunted some places. Some of these haunted places. Right. Uh, we'll go ahead we'll, we'll go ahead and knock out this one right quick. Um, and I don't know how to pronounce this. And I want to say it's Begich. I want to say it's how it's pronounced. Begich. Uh, Begich. Begich. Okay. Begich Towers. Begich Towers. And that is in Whitener or Whitner. Alaska, which is 60 miles southeast of Anchorage. Okay. And you'll notice that Anchorage is going to be coming up a lot in this episode. Well, I think Anchorage, that's the capital of Alaska, is yes. probably the most populated part, part of Alaska. So, so probably then they will probably have the most ghost stories to tell. Um, but uh, is it Whitner? I want to say Whitner. Mm-hmm. Is Whit- Whitner in Alaska is not all that you know large. So almost... I'll say maybe maybe 250 people total live there in the condominiums in the towers. Um, It's 14 stories, and it houses stores, it houses churches, public utilities, stuff like that. And so, so it's only 14 stories, right? To put that in perspective, the building that we're sitting in right now is 21 stories tall, right? Uh, And it's the tallest building in Chattanooga, but. Definitely not the tallest building ever. So this isn't even like a huge, huge, right building. So right. So compared to this one, um, and one of the ghost stories, uh, that they talk about is called the Begotch Towers. You know, home is particularly found of a of a whistling about somebody who's whistling as you walk through the hallways. You can literally audibly hearing somebody whistling. And you're hearing stomping in the halls and stomping down the stairs and things like that. On one occasion, in, in, in on one occasion, the city manager actually woke up to hearing rustling noises in his kitchen. And upon exploration, there was nobody there. And oh. locals have said that the towers are at the most frightening during the winter months, when heavy snowfall, you know, occurs and it clogs up the roads that keeps a lot of the people who visit this place from leaving. Right. You know, and granted, I mean, you're in Alaska, it's going to snow, but you would think if you're in, if you live in a place where it snows quite frequently, you have, you know, preservations, you know, for something like that. You keep, make sure that everything is, you know, cleared and you have, you know, stuff on site to make sure that the roads stay clear. But 
apparently around this area, it's very, very, very hard to keep those roads clear. You know, maybe it could be something to do, like maybe a machine, maybe a plowing machine wouldn't work for whatever reason, or you run out of gas or, you know, something like something isn't working and it keeps the, the roads from not being clear, you know, right. and that could be scary enough itself. You're basically stuck in this hotel, you know, I mean, what other horror stories have you heard about being stuck inside of a hotel? You know what I'm saying? The Shining and, you know, a couple of other places like that. Exactly. So, uh, you got, um, the, you got the next one, right? I got the next one. Uh, the, the next one is, um, it's called Mother Load Lodge and it's in Palmer, Alaska. And that's about 42 miles northeast of Anchorage. Again, we're, we're still in the Anchorage area. Correct. Um, so just a little bit about the uh, Mother Load Lodge. Uh, it is said to play host to a number of different spirits. Visitors have reported seeing a misty black apparition roaming the grounds <clears throat> and on, uh, on numerous occasions. It's also fairly common for people to look into mirrors around the lodge and spot a figure in period clothing standing behind them in the reflection. Yeah, uh, you know, that's so, creepy. Yeah, because yeah, if you look in the mirror, you expect to see yourself. Then, right. You know, somebody else is there. Right. Well, well, nine times out of ten, and this is anybody who looks in a mirror, mostly when you look in a mirror, you don't look directly at yourself the whole entire time. You probably, you look around the mirror, maybe you see something behind you or, you know, something like that. But, I mean, if you're looking in a mirror, then all of a sudden you see a figure, whether it be, you know, a shadowy figure, whether it be a clear face or whatever, that's freaky. You know what I'm saying? So, anyway, go ahead and continue. Okay, let Chip get his food down first. <laughs> uh, aside from the apparitions, other strange and unexplained incidences have been reported, including loud banging noises, mysterious knocking, and the disembodied voice of a young girl. Ooh. Some people have also claimed to have seen doors and curtains opening and closing on their own late at night. Mm, yeah, that's definitely, um, <laughs> that's definitely something people don't want to know about. You sitting there, you like you sleep in, and all of a sudden, boom, you know, the the, the 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 curtains open up real quick, fast, and the the doors slam shut. And exactly. Oh, so, things. Uh, the the Motherlode Lodge, it was a, originally built in 1942, and then it was rebuilt in 1968. Right. Um, and just as recently as 2006. It was attempted to be sold for $2 million. Mm -hmm. It was auctioned in 2009, and unfortunately, in 2015, it burnt. Oh, wow. Uh, so, here, here, wait, here's the question, though. Did somebody commit arson and burn it themselves, or did it just catch on fire unsuspectingly? Or do they believe that a spirit had done it? at that point you know which logically we're thinking somebody set it on fire but could it have been like an unforeseen circumstance where the building got caught on fire or anything like that or does it say um it does not say okay yeah it's interesting but there so, we go um so we're gonna move on to the next one after that and this is one that eh, it kind of creeps me a little bit because like I told talked about on the uh the Alabama episode um, the sounds of children laughing when no one's there kind of freaks me out. 
But this one's a little bit different. This We're going to talk about Fairbanks Memorial Hospital and then Fairbanks, Alaska. Now, this place, um, you know, I think it's still up and running. I'm not 100% sure about that but Fairbanks Memorial Hospital is one of the most haunted places in Alaska it is said that whenever an infant patient is close to death mysterious spirits appear in the nursery wing nurses from the hospital have suggested that these are angels sent to guide the children into the next life they are generally prospect they are generally perceived to be good spirits other strange phenomena includes plunging temperatures when you go into different rooms and the sound of babies crying coming from empty rooms creepy <laughs> it's very creepy and you know i believe that anytime like again you're dealing with the spirits of children yeah. you know that's something even you know because because i know recently chip you had a scare um, with the police knocking on your door yes. over if you want to tell them about that particular thing that uh, happened. You ain't got to go into full detail, but... I was I was sitting at home watching TV and uh, was watching a, a game. Game goes off. As soon as the game goes off, I hear, boom, 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 police. Boom, 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 police. Now, mind you, this is a little bit after midnight. So, like... Right. Initially, my heart's like, what in the hell is going on? Why are the police knocking at my door? Right. You know, at midnight. Yeah. I opened the door, and, and they were looking for a uh, a two-year-old child that had been missing since about 9.30 that evening. Yeah. Uh, and they showed me a picture of him, and I, I'm not going to describe the little boy because uh, he has since been found, but I don't want anybody, if you... Here are here in the Chattanooga area, you know, trying to locate this child or anything. Right. Uh, but they, they did find him, <clears throat> and uh, it was, I mean, it was a particularly cold night, and he was only wandering around with a uh, T-shirt and a diaper on. Oh, so, my God. Yeah. yeah. But that is scary because you think, what if that parent never saw their child again? Uh, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So uh, my initial reaction uh, when they told me that they were looking for a child was to locate my children right. who, who I knew were in bed. I placed them there. Right. Uh, they were in bed with their mom. All three were asleep. Well, uh, until the door knocked, all three right. were asleep. Right. You know, so, so yeah, but yeah, but and even when, when it comes to, to stuff like this, you know, you hear crying children and it, my instinct as a father Anytime I hear, you know, a crying child, like my told my, my fatherly instinct is like, oh, yeah, I want to make sure the kid's okay, you know, especially my kid, right. you know. So when you're hearing babies crying, you want to go, you know, and see. But these nurses, they go in there and there'd be no children there, you know, like you, they audibly heard the child cry, but where's the fucking child? You know what I'm saying? Um, and then in terms of like good spirits, because, you know, I, I think there are good spirits and bad spirits, you know, I believe there's angels and demons, you know. And a lot of people believe in the angels. You know, some people believe that, you know, children themselves can see angels and demons. And it's something that they grow out of as they get older. Um, that's what some people believe. Um, but, yeah, if you ever go to uh, try to locate Fairbanks, Hos Fairbanks Memorial Hospital, you know, get close enough to it to where you might be able to hear something. And if you do, let us know because we'd like to know more about it. Uh, you got the next one, Bubba? Yep. All right. Uh, speaking of children, the next one up on the list is the Jesse Lee Home for Children. Right. And uh, this is in Seward, 
Alaska. That is 127 highway miles. Now, I say highway miles because you can't get to it just straight down. I'm sure it's closer if you do that way, but highway miles is like 127 highway miles south of Anchorage. Again, we're staying in the same area. Right. Um, so, <laughs> it was, or it is located in Seward and first opened in 1926. In its heyday, there would have there would have been a home to nearly hundreds of orphans. Right. Uh, however, the property suffered a massive amount of damage in 1964 during an earthquake and allegedly several of the children were killed. Mm. It is these poor children who are now said to haunt the deteriorating property. Those who come to visit old Jesse Lee home for the children have reported experiencing feelings of dread and despair upon entering the building. That, it is, that, that gut feeling that you get when it's like, man, this something's weird. I shouldn't some, do that. Something's not right, right here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You get that. And uh, so it, it says it is also common for visitors to hear giggling children, even though none are present. Mm-hmm. The sound of jump ropes and bouncing balls can often be heard. And often small shadowy figures can be seen flitting past windows. So... Yeah. That's, you know, I mean, yeah. just to think about it, that's that's a tad bit creepy. Yeah, very creepy. It's one, again, like we like to talk about in the previous uh, entry on this list when talking about the hospital. You know, you, you know, you're hearing the children cry. It's different with like an orphanage. You know what I'm saying? Because right. these are like, in a way, these children feel like they're unwanted because, you know, their parents didn't want them or their parents couldn't Most take care of them. Most of them are, you know technically unwanted right most of them are and some you know got went into the system based on bad decisions that their parents made or maybe their parents were dead or anything something like that but so these children basically had you know you know a traumatic childhood to a point where they became orphans and then like you said the the, uh the massive you know earthquake that happened in 1964 which led to the death of some of these children maybe they carried that resentment and that anger with them into the pre- into the next life you know right. and now they haunt this place you know maybe as maybe as a token of revenge for anyone who were to even think of bringing another child into this home you see what i'm saying right so that um, that's a possibility as well so uh <clears throat> today just the building and less than 3 acres remain on the abandoned wreck in the residential subdivision where this lodge was located. Right. Uh, and it's been closed for about 48 years. And in the 48 years since it's closed, it has been used for different things. It's been repurposed as a hotel, a senior center, a community center, uh, among others. Right. Uh, but all these schemes were abandoned. The building is so deteriorated that even the most civic minded developer turned away the opportunity to repurpose this building. So he didn't even feel comfortable enough to even tear it down and build it back up again because of the hauntings that he felt during this time. Yes. Um, so uh, as of today, all the windows in the old Jesse Lee home are gone. Right. The interior has been exposed to all the driving rain, snow, climate, so much that the wood has deteriorated and there's partial collapses in the roof, floors, and walls. The building has been gutted and it's believed to contain asbestos. And it has proven an attraction for local youth with graffiti renderings 
marketing their visits over the years. So they basically just said, fuck this place. We're just going to, you know, but how many, but how many of them encounters people doing graffiti and all this different stuff? How many of them people say, yeah, um, we seen something, you know, it, you know, didn't really scare us too much, you know, but then again, there could be the people like, oh man, I was scared to death. I didn't want to go nowhere near that place again. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, again, orphanages and stuff like that and you would think that with it being as damaged as it was i don't think it would hurt to tear it down after that you know what i, I mean right you know uh, so but well most people think that it should be considered a historical landmark right well here's the thing if it's going to be considered a historical landmark it needs to be like remodeled right and, definitely and yeah everything because they because definitely i mean you definitely have to have the upkeep on because at that point it's just abandoned exactly but speaking of abandoned we're going to talk about our next entry on this list which is the igloo city hotel and this is in cantwell alaska which is about 152 miles south of fairbanks which is which this particular one and i looked it up it's actually dead in the middle between anchorage and fairbanks so okay. it's like right in the middle so the Igloo City Hotel sits abandoned on an on an isolated stretch of land of the uh, Park City Highway, and yeah, I'm sorry, Parks Highway. I'm sorry. Um, it says it is uh, distinctive in that it is shaped just like an igloo, and it was built back in the 1970s, but the four-story structure was never completed. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was not exactly clear why. Perhaps it failed to meet building codes. Perhaps the developers just simply ran out of money. They ran out of supplies. But whatever the reason, it ended up being abandoned and left, you know, for the harsh weather in Alaska, for the Alaskan elements. Now, it is now alleged that it is haunted by those driving past at night who can see strange lights coming from the inside of the hotel were also regular reports of a woman in white looking out of the window and waving to ongoing passengers. Whoa, so if you have never been to this part of Alaska, you've never been, because obviously, I mean, because it still has the sign up right here. You can look at the picture. We're looking at a picture, by the way. Yeah. And if you do want to see any of the pictures of any of the any of the places that we're talking about today, go to hauntedrooms.com. They have a lot of great pictures and a lot of good stories. And if you want any other... Uh, information on the different things that we talk about they have uh links and descriptions and information that you can if you want to go check out these other places and if we talk about haunted hotels you can rent a room from a haunted hotel if you choose to stay in there but go check them out at hauntedrooms.com and if anybody here listening to this who works for hauntedrooms.com give your boys the movement radio a sponsorship and we appreciate it but anyway let's get back to this um so if you're just a regular everyday person driving by and you say man we've been driving a while man, I'm tired. Like, I, I mean, I just need a place to just chill. And you see Igloo City Hotel. And you're thinking, okay, that's a cool place. I mean, it's in the middle of nowhere. We really, you know, ain't got nowhere to go. We're running out of gas. We're running low. We just got to get some sleep. We'll make it out in the morning. We'll figure it out. And then you you walk back, you see lights on. You see a woman waving at you in the window. You don't think anything of it. You drive up and it's like, oh shit, this place isn't even here. Exactly. Like it, it's it the, the the lights are off. The building isn't even really completely together. The only thing that's up is the sign. It looks abandoned. 
because it is abandoned. So who the hell was that lady that was just waving at me? You know, it's very freaky, very scary. And uh, it's something you probably don't want to deal with. How many times have people just drove by this particular hotel and didn't even think anything of it? Exactly. You know, so creepy, so creepy. It's it's weird. Yeah. All right. Uh, So next up on the list is we will talk about in just a moment. We're going to take a, okay. a, we're going to take a, a short break and uh, let our tell you a little bit about our friends over at Games My Mom Found. We'll be back in just a moment. Let me tell you about a new podcast that I found called Games My Mom Found. Games My Mom Found is a podcast where each week they deep dive into a retro game in hilarious fashion to bring you the facts and the jokes. I highly recommend you go check them out. Link in our description. Alright, we just want to say thank you to the guys over at Games My Mom Found for sponsoring us for another week go check out their episode the, their newest episode it's pretty cool they, they uh i looked up i was listening to their episode about uh legacy of kane soul weaver yeah yeah dude and i, and I, I like the soul weaver games i love the with well, the legacy of kane i got a blood omen 2 at the house i still play yeah. it to this day so yeah so that's always good but let's continue on this episode of the hauntings of alaska and chip we'll go on to the very next one all right so the 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 next place on, on our list it is not particularly old like everything else. Uh, we're going to talk about the Wendy Williamson Auditorium at the University of Alaska in Anchorage. Right. All right. <clears throat> so it is. It often seems as though every theater has to have its very own resident spook. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, the Wendy Williams Auditorium is just over forty years old. Oh, so it isn't even that. No. Uh, so it's so, certainly so that would, not particularly so, old. So that would make it nineteen the late the late eighties, something like that. No, no, it'd be late seventies, right? I, I I was in eighty three, right? And I'm thirty six. So this right. would have been in the seventies, okay. Late sixties, early seventies, okay, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Again, remember GED. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so the it said that it is haunted by six different entities okay uh there's one in particular who is said to be a fairly angry male with a dislike of brunettes Uh brunette women uh women who have long brown hair are often pushed by this unseen presence in the auditorium Hmm. there are also reports of a woman in white appearing during a performance and at first the audience assumed she was just part of the show but she's not. Right. She's not even real. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, some, some reports also refer to giggling children and a teenage boy. Um, so. Do you uh, um, do you remember, because we had talked about this on um, The Haunted, uh, not, I'm sorry, we talked about this on the horror movie episode when we talked about found footage films. Yes. The movie The Gallows. Do you remember that? Yeah. Do you remember the premise of it about the boy who was that it was about I can't remember what the name of the play was that they were doing in the movie but the boy apparently accident they accidentally hung the boy and he died 
yeah. snapped his neck and all that. And now they said that his spirit haunted that theater. Yeah. Is this kind of similar to it in the same way as in like maybe this particular person was maybe a student who used to go to this school or maybe somebody who was like that and maybe oh, he had the disdain for pe- for women with brunette hair. You know what I'm saying? Could right. that have been, you know, well, an idea? So, uh, some think that the, the male musician <clears throat> is actually Wendy Williams himself. Oh, okay. Uh, Wendy Williamson. Uh, so I know when I said Wendy Williamson, um, most of you guys initially thought that I was talking about a, a, a female. female, right? No, uh, Wendy was his nickname. His name is John Wendell right. Williamson. And they just called him Wendy. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, so a lot of people think that the male musician is Wendy Williamson himself, whether or not it is. They they just still don't do not like the brunettes. So right. uh, then there's a, uh, a shadowy man. Uh, he he loves a good performance and can be seen leaning backstage listening. He just leans against the wall and listens to the performances, yeah. and that's it. So uh, so so really, it's like, hey, I'm just here for the performance, guys. I'm not trying to scare nobody or haunt nobody. I'm just here to you know enjoy right. it, you know. Then you have the the woman in white that most people think is part of the act until she just disappears. Right. There's um, the teenage man. The young man seems to be the kindest and has been known to emit an overwhelming sense of comfort. Right. Among people that are feeling a little troubled or right over exasperated, depressed um, a little bit, you know, anxious stuff like that. Yes. Almost like he, hey, I'm a Linda Kinnear to you. You know, right? And then there's the the little girl, and she seems to be around the age of eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Some people have seen her near spotlights, but she's often heard giggling around the auditorium, as if she's li- as, as if, if she's, she's watching something funny on the stage. Right? She's just having a, a good old time. Yeah. Um, That's so. crazy, man. So we go from a auditorium at a university to probably something that a lot of us deal with and that's high school we all deal with high school and this is particularly a particular high school it's in night mute alaska which night mute sounds like a freaking like death metal band you know it does welcome to the stage night mute but anyway um so night mute high school is in night mute alaska it's on it's a city in nelson island which is on the southwest part of the Yukon Delta National Wildlife Refuge. And, and it's a pretty big area, you know, which Alaska is big enough anyway. But of this big area, this big area that is within the big area is where this high school is nestled. Um, everyone remembers uh, Moaning Merle, Myrtle from Harry Potter, right? Yeah. Okay. The teenager, you know, the teenage school girl doomed to haunt the school bathroom where she died, you know? Yeah. Well, Nightmuth High School, not Muth, I'm sorry, Nightmute High School in Alaska has its own version of that famous ghost. A little girl is said to haunt the school's bathrooms and she's known to flush toilets and flick lights off and on. However, unlike uh, Myrtle, she is not confined to just the bathroom. She has also been heard wandering around the school humming a song and she often plays basketball if the gym is left unattended. Unfortunately, no one is actually sure who this ghost girl actually is, but a grave was discovered underneath uh, room 106, 
which which might explain you know why this high school is considered one of the most haunted schools in the country okay you know um apparently this girl loved basketball so she would always be playing it and you can hear her in the bathroom all the time which is which is weird because like you never think cause there would be times like I, I would be that's where they got the uh, the premise for you know what probably because I mean you get people get inspirations from weird places dude yeah yeah uh, I mean JK Rowling is from you know England yes but I'm sure that maybe she heard about this and Right. Like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, like it doesn't let's, give a date or anything as yeah, to where let's it put happened. A, a, yeah. a kind of interpretation into this Harry Potter book of this girl. Yeah. What um loosely I'm, based off of Right. Now I'm I'm not a huge fan of the Harry Potters. Amy would probably tell you better than I could because she loves Harry Potter. Right. What book or what movie is Mo- Moaning Myrtle in? Do you know which one that is? She's in quite a few of them. Quite a few That's, of them. Yeah, okay. she's a reoccurring character. Oh, okay. All right. Um uh, but but she it, but is she more visible in the in the ones because obviously she would be more visible in the in the uh, in the movies obviously, um, but like do they are they aware of her like or is yeah, it just an embodied talk voice? to her okay uh, all right they can go in and talk to her okay she, she actually has a crush on Harry oh okay so all right well there you go I learned something again today yeah um but yeah it definitely it's one of those things because I, I remember like you know sometimes you walk through high school. You know, walking through the halls of high school and, like, especially, you know, if it's like you're walking from the principal, especially if you're walking from the principal's office or walking to the principal's office, it's like you get that enclosed feeling like we're going tunnel vision. Like, it's, even during broad daylight, it's a little bit intimidating, but now, I mean, especially for kids who, you know, 15, 16 years old, still trying to figure out what the fuck they want to do with their life and everything like that. It's like, I mean, shit, oh what my are you God, talking about? I'm 36, and when my boss calls me and says, hey, come to my office, I get that same <laughs> tunnel vision. I'm like, oh, today's the day. Right, right. Yeah, but at least, at least, you know, because you're, you're, you're 36, so at least you know, I'm like, you know what? I need to relax. It's it's my anxiety talking to me. I'm okay. But right. you're 15, 16 years old. You don't know how to control your anxiety as well. And that's why I'm on medicine. But anyway, so let's go on to the next one, brother. You got it? I do. Alrighty. Um, the next one is Badarka Road. And oh, so is, it's a road. It, it, it's a road. Okay. It's Badarka Road, and it's in Chugiak. Chugiak. Yeah, Chugiak. It's C-H-U-G- I-A-K. Okay. Uh, Chugiak, Alaska. I think that's, I think that's a suburb of Anchorage, I think. Because I, because I, because I looked up Chugiak and I could not find it anywhere. You know, I looked up Bardock Road though, and it was right there in the, the Anchorage area. So I'm assuming that that's a part of it as well. Uh, so when it comes to spooky tales about Alaska ghosts, one of the most well-known stories is regarding a tragic axe accident accident right right. all right and the story goes that a five-year-old little girl was helping her father chop wood Mm. out in the woods to bring back to the cabin where her mother and younger sister were waiting Mm -hmm. the dad is said to have had embedded the axe into a tree to make sure that the child did not fall on it Mm -hmm. but when he turned his back she decided to try to impress her daddy by pulling the axe out and chopping some wood on her own. Oh, no. However, her plan went horribly wrong, and she ended up pulling the axe down on her own head, Mm. killing herself instantly. 
Yeah, man, that's sad, that, that, that's sad man. Golly. Yeah, it says that uh, her father was understandably distraught and refused to leave the poor girl alone in the woods. He sat out there in the woods, cradling her lifeless body throughout the winter, eventually dying of hypothermia himself. Man. It is now said that if you drive down Badarka Road at around 3.30 a.m., you can see a man sitting on the side of the road cradling a lifeless child. Mm. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, dude, that is... I mean, that... Oh, so dude. As a father, like, yeah. I have goosebumps right now. Yeah, dude, like... Thinking, yeah. you know, again, you know, like I said in the horror episode, and I said it in uh, The Hauntings of Alabama, I'm not a believer of ghosts. Right. But just thinking of, like, just some of the stuff that I do with my children. Right. And, like, we don't chop wood. Right. But we we do stuff, you know, that involves knives or stuff like that. Right. And just to think that if one of my children got a hold of one of those, this could happen. Yeah. And, and what would I do? Yeah. Like, it's, you know. Yeah. And with, with, with my son being six years old, you know, when he's, he understands more now than he did when he was younger, obviously, but still six years old, you know, you're still impressionable at that age. And you're also... Like I, I'm, every kid wants to make their parents proud, obviously. Um, you know, which, which, ironically enough, when you started reading the story, immediately I was like, because what's the big popular thing now, today, is that fucking axe throwing competition. Axe throwing, now. Yes, that's the newest thing, dude. I have I have literally seen videos of people throwing an axe, it bouncing off that big ass uh uh log of wood coming back and damn near decapitating people like shit's dangerous you know so if me as a grown man's not gonna throw a fucking axe like i damn sure ain't gonna have you know my six-year-old son around me to do it with you know and right but there's a lot of people that go out and yeah like they take their kids and it it becomes a whole family experience with the axe throwing right And, and you know what though as long as it's done safely and it's you know you're able to protect you and that's fine if, if it's if it's safe and you have the people there that know what they're doing and you know there's risk with everything that you do like me like malachi loves going to the jump park he right. loves going to the jump park he loves being on trampolines he loves trying to cut flips he loves doing the ninja warrior course in the foam pit and jumping on the trampolines dunking the basketball and playing dodgeball and stuff like that but i can't help but to think you know if we're jumping on a trampoline and he lands wrong or he twists his body in a certain way and something happens and god forbid knock on wood something happens to his leg when he lands or something happens to me when i land or something happens like that like that's a risk every time right but there's people there who can make sure that everything is safe and they tell you you they literally give you like 50 rules before you even go into a jump park and you know, as soon as as soon as we he found out that there's going to be a jump park coming to Fort Overthorpe, he was like flipping out. And they're going to have more stuff over there than they do at the one in in, uh, in uh, the Hamilton Place area. But that's neither for here nor there. But yeah, it's oh man, to lose a child, and I mean, at especially such a young age. at such a young age, and to think that maybe maybe the father was so stricken with grief, not because of the loss of his child, but maybe he feels like. If I hadn't have put that axe in that fucking tree, or if my I baby had girl put it higher, higher, or something like right. that, like you know, and that fucks with people, especially when you know, like, man, it's my fault that my baby's dead. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, 
yeah, it, it's, it's guilt-stricken, dude, I'm telling you. And then we're going to go to one more real quick before we get back to the real world. And this one is actually a little bit of a, it's haunted, but it's actually a little bit of a, kind of a, kind of a jovial one, if, if, if that's even a thing that I can compare this to. Okay. Because considering what we just now talked about. It's called the Red Onion Saloon, and it's in Skagway, Alaska. It is 103 miles north of Juneau, Alaska. Okay. Now, the Red Onion Saloon was originally a whorehouse, believe right. it or not. All right. All right. But it w- it served several purposes. It was army barracks. It so, was a so bakery. So could you say best little whorehouse in Alaska? Best little whorehouse in Alaska. <laughs> Probably the only whorehouse in Alaska. Um, but it was used for army barracks. It was used as a bakery, a laundromat, a union hall, a gift shop, and at one time a television studio. And... These days, you can take guided tours of the property, and you have people there who are dressed like the madams from back in the day, and it really is like stepping back into time, to the, the, to the gold rush days, you know, in, in 49, you know, 1949, where right. people would go, oh, we're going to California, we're going to go you know, get the gold, you know, only this time it's up in Alaska. Now, the Red Onion Saloon had a unique way of doing business. The first floor was the bar area. Okay. And the upper floor had 10 rooms for the ladies so that they could entertain their guests. Okay. Down in the bar where, you know, there were 10 dolls, each would entertain their guest. Um, I think I read that completely wrong. I'm sorry, I jumped a page. <laughs> I jumped a line. Um, down in the bar, there were 10 dolls each representing the working girls. If the doll had been laid flat on its back, it meant that the girl was occupied with a guest. And if it was sitting right up, that means that that girl was unavailable. This this mm-hmm. podcast turned completely into something different. I did not know. I didn't proofread this before I got started, so I, I apologize. Yeah, um, he... Wow. It went from we being, went from haunted places to we're going to put a doll on her back to represent she's being fucked. Exactly. Uh. But, <laughs> okay, so here we go. This is the paragraph I'm getting to. Okay, so in terms of paranormal activity, one of the most prominent ghosts that is said to call, you know, the Red Onion Lodge home is a female spirit by the name of Lydia. It is believed that Lydia was one of the prostitutes that once worked at the brothel. Her footsteps are often felt on the second floor where the brothel used used to operate. And visitors also report a strong sense of perfume and unusual cold spots on the second floor. Lydia has also been seen in a full-body apparition walking around and walking around the madam's room and sometimes running down the hall. Strangely enough, Lydia is also said to water the plants at night and often the hostesses of the current incarnation of the saloon <clears throat> excuse me uh, will come in and they will find the soil and the pots just draped with water and looking like you know how sometimes like you you, you would need bread yeah it looks like the the, uh, the the soil has been needed as well okay uh, on occasion Lydia is also said to behave rather aggressively towards men it is not known if she died at the brothel, or if she, uh, or if she is destined to remain there forever in her spirit. Huh. Now this place is still open to this day. Yeah. You can go to it. You can go eat at the restaurant. They got amazing pizza from what I've been from, from all the Yelp reviews I've read. Okay. Um, it's a, it's 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 a bar. It's a restaurant. It even has ghost tours and a brothel museum that you can go and explore the. Uh, so 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 basically, the people who 
bought this uh, building and bought the saloon understood the history of what they were getting into. So instead of being afraid, they embraced it and they decided, okay, we're going to go ahead and we're going to uh, create this ghost tour, a brothel museum. We're going to basically make money off of a ghost is basically what they what they've done. Yeah. Um, so very unique because this was back in I don't know when you think saloon. I'm th- see anytime I hear the word saloon, I think of like Wild West days, nineteen you know eighteen forties you know stuff like that. Like very very back in the day, old school you know Clint Eastwood, John Wayne, Texas Ranger shit. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Um, because <laughs> uh, you know it, it you know because you don't really hear too much about you know brothels and. You know, which then again, I played the video game uh, Gun before, which was Gun was basically a watered down version of Red Dead Redemption. A lot of people believe that it was. I enjoyed the, the game Gun, but anyway. Um, but, you know, they even had bars, but that, that were doubled as whorehouses as well. Right. So, you know, going back to that, like, from your perspective on this one, um, is it, you know, because you sit there and you, you're like, okay, you see a full body apparition of somebody who clearly isn't there, you know, and you hear them run through the hallways. Like if you wasn't, if you, if you just went there and you just see some random lady dressed up because all of them dressed the same way, you, you couldn't tell if that was a hostess or a legit spirit. You know what I mean? Especially for someone who isn't even there, you know, for it, someone exactly. who, you know, so, but yeah, I thought this one was very, very interesting. And again, I should have proofread this before. I didn't, I didn't expect them to talk about whores and hoochies. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, yeah, but, but it it makes sense uh, why that would be considered one of the most haunted places in Alaska. Yeah, because you have, even though she may not be, uh, most people think haunted. They want to go straight to like evil, demonic, satanic place. Yeah, people always like want to do that, right? Whereas in this one, she's just kind of a a jovial, you know, happy-go-lucky kind of right. Lady. But it does say Lydia is also said to behave very aggressively towards men. So that leads me to think, okay, why is she so aggressive toward men? Is now is she aggressive toward men in a sexual manner? Is she aggressive toward men in an anger manner? Did a man kill her? Did a woman? Did a did a did a did a, did a vengeful lover kill her? Right. Something like that. So that's something that is also left up in the air. And I'm sure plenty of people have asked these questions to the people of the Red Onion Saloon. So if you're ever, I actually looked it up, like where it is and stuff. Yeah. And it sits like right there on the edge of the city of uh, Stagway. And if you look at a street view, a Google street view of the town, do you know what it reminds me of? And you'll pop for this one. It reminds me a lot of Mount Airy, North Carolina. Okay. The way that it's set up, the way that the... You know, and, and most most small towns in America look like this place anyway. But it looked a lot like Mount Airy to me. Like where it, where it sat, it had been like the Bluebird Cafe. You know okay. what I'm saying? It, it's the way that sense. it's set up. And yeah. it's, it's more like, imagine Mount Airy, North Carolina, a little bit bigger. So if I think of like Chattanooga also with like the, the blocks and everything, how, the, how, the, how we're, you know, a very blocky city, but it's more narrow. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, kind, yeah. Kind of like I how. Understand what yeah. You're so, but yeah, I mean, but from what also I heard is that this is one of the most popular places to go in yeah. Sagway. So you can go to their website and you can book a tour, 
<clears throat> and uh, so you can, it's $10 for 20 minutes to go through the Quickie Brothel Museum. <laughs> uh, oh, gee, I wonder how they got that name. Yeah. Uh, and you can do uh, Ghosts and Good Time Girls Walking Tour, which will um, take you through uh, a couple of the places there following or ending at the uh, Red Onion Saloon. Right. Which, so. which which you can go there and get a bite to eat and drink. And yeah. And you get drunk um, talking about, ah, ah, what, what would it have been like to be with a hoochie? 45, <laughs> it's, for, for that tour, it's $45 a person and the tour takes about two hours. And they recommend that you be 14 years of age or older. And if you're under the age of 21, you must be accompanied by a parent. Oh. Under the age of 21. So not under the age of 18. No. Under the age of 21. Correct. Wow. Alaska's a little bit more stricter than we thought it would be. That's right. <laughs> so. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been the hauntings of Alaska. Next time on the program, we're going to have Arizona. And that's going to be a pretty interesting episode. We already, I've already been looking up at a few of, of those. And uh should be a pretty good episode. Chip, anything you want to add before we take it home? Uh, no, man. I, I Honestly, I've, I've been having uh, a blast doing these haunted places, learning some stuff. You know, uh, even though I'm a non-believer, I do find this stuff interesting uh, and everything. So and that, that's going to be a, a reoccurring theme. Uh, on here is is how interesting I find some of these haunted places as opposed to how Talon is going to feel about them because Talon is a believer in ghosts and spirits I'm a, and, I'm and a apparitions. I'm a believer in angels and demons. That's what I mean. I'm a firm believer that spirits can be if, if I think if it's a good spirit, it's, it, it's, it's an angel. If it's a bad spirit, it's a demon. I feel, you know, th that's just me on a personal basis. Now, Chip, again, has his belief where he doesn't necessarily believe in ghosts. However, I think that it's good to have these conversations. We didn't mention this in the in the Alabama episode, but I think it's good to mention this one because me and Chip have certain different belief systems when it comes to ghosts. Yeah. It, it, it makes for good dialogue, and it makes for good perspectives because you get a perspective from someone who does believe and a perspective from somebody who doesn't believe. And I think that... There should be no argument between the two because he has his belief, I have mine. But as long as the stories are interesting and as long as the stories, we can have good dialogue based on the information that's put in front of us. What, you mean I we think... can have a difference of an opinion but still be friends? Right. Fuck. I've been using the internet all wrong. Now. I tell you, man, I'm telling you. Don't don't listen to the California liberals or the New York Democrats or the uh, Florida Republicans. I'm telling you, it's it's all Greek to me, you know, in some <laughs> respect. But again, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. We will be right back with another edition of the hauntings of Arizona. That's going to be the next one. And uh, I might go back to the creepy voice for the next episode as well. Who knows? We'll see. But until then, this has been Movement Radio. I am Talon Williams. I am Chip Hazard. See ya.